This morning, I want to share with you some great wisdom. Um, I'm not the fount, fount of wisdom, that's for sure. But God is. He knows everything. He's amazing. And I'll be reading uh, from a story which is familiar to a lot of Christians, which is about, uh, we call it the woman at the well, uh, where Jesus went and met someone. But this morning I was thinking about the, uh, you know, people that you really admire that really push the boundaries that are this quest for knowledge and understanding. Do you admire those people? Are they people that you're sort of like, wow, look at them, they're just really pushing forward, they want to find out everything, they're so dedicated to it. And I was like, I hate those people. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because those people is my grandson. This is the, this is the quest for knowledge. Why? 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 Uh, that water spilled on the floor, we have to clean up. Why? Because if you need to clean it up, then it won't be messy. Why? Because then it takes it off the floor. Why? <laughs> because the sponge shakes it up. Why? You see that unquenchable thirst for knowledge that he has. That's really, really annoying, right? <laughs> but I'm going to share with you some wisdom today. And uh, this relates to the story we're going to read because of the distraction. Uh, the, distra <laughs> the distraction thing. So I have learned... Parents, listen very carefully if you've got little kids, because there will become a stage when they're asking you why. <laughs> you interrupt and you divert. All right, so this would be the question. Poppy, why do you have to clean that up? Oh, because you need to clean up, so it's clean. Why? Uh, do you think it should remain dirty? Bang! The subject's changed. You watch how it works, and anything that it, they ask you, and they're starting to ask why, give them good explanations. I think that's important, right? You know, you want them to understand and know what's going on in the world, but there's a point where you just got to go, let me ask you the question, and change it from why. Remember that. That's something free for you today. <laughs> I want to hear some testimonies next week. <laughs> So here we are. We're looking at a story, and, and the story's in the Gospel of John. So if you're new to church, the Gospel of John, uh, there's four Gospels in the Bible, which is made up of a lot of books, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the Gospels. They're basically the story of Jesus on earth. And the story we're going to look at is where Jesus meets a woman at a well, and they begin to have a discussion about life. And as we read through the story, we're going to notice that there's this distraction takes place in, in the way that the woman responds to Jesus. Um, but the whole story is Jesus sharing the hope of life with her. And this morning, I just want to challenge you, like where you're at, whether you are a Christian or whether you're not a Christian this morning and you've come to church and you've got questions, that questions are really, really good. In fact, that why question is a good question, right? Because what we want to do is get an explanation of what is happening in life. So let's, um, first of all, just start reading. So if we could bring that slide up, that would be wonderful. Yeah, John, seven, uh, sorry, John 4, and we're going to start at verse 7. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. So I'll set this up. Jesus is walking, and he's got to go from one area to another and has to, has to go through a place called Samaria. And 
If you go back to those days, Samaria was a place where Samaritans lived. We call them Samaritans. And Samaritans and Jews were not friends. There was a long record of animosity between them. So um, Jesus was passing through this area. Normally, if they could, they would avoid the area. Jews would just walk around it. So rather than go for like a two or three day journey, they might take it up to a six day journey because they wanted to walk around. There was that much animosity between them. So what happened was when um, Israel fell in like the history of Israel, there's a number of times they were taken into exile, which means they were taken from their land, invaded and taken to another land. And there were some people left behind in 722 BC. They were left behind and they, they bred with foreigners and they produced these people called Samaritans. They didn't have a priest. So there's no priest, and, and this will become sort of interesting later on. There's no priest because all the priests have been taken off. They've been taken away by the invading power. And so they set up their own priesthood and they started and they built their own temple at a different mountain from what normally people would worship at. And they weren't invited back into the family of the Jews. And so there's this animosity between them and who was the real people that that really worshipped God. So Jesus had to pass through that way, it says in the Bible. Why did he have to? I think God sent him on a mission, personally, to meet this woman. So, so he's walking through, sitting down, verse 7. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew... And I'm a Samaritan woman. So not only was she a Samaritan, but she was a woman, which wasn't really the thing to do, to have this discussion. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, gives them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, Give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet, so tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worship? Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ, when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. 
What an amazing encounter and what an amazing way that the woman has responded to what Jesus has said. And out of this story, I'm going to be asking you a couple of questions about your life and the way that Jesus talked to this lady. There's this first thing, there was an appeal to what she needed. She came to draw water and Jesus was thirsty that day, so he was obviously tired, he'd been walking and he's sitting down and he's waiting. Why was he waiting? He didn't have anything to get the water, but this woman comes and she, she had a need that she, she had that Jesus knew about. She didn't know that Jesus knew that need. But Jesus was really wanting to speak to something that wasn't physical but spiritual. So when he, when he came and she said, oh, you know, I can draw up this water for you, you can drink, and he said something, if you actually come to me, I can give you living water. Now, where did her mind go straight away? To the physical, right? It's like, well, that would be awesome. Who doesn't want water that I can drink and never thirst again? This is going to save me a trip. So she was, I don't know, maybe a couple of miles from the village. She had to come and get this water. But every day she's grabbing water to, to drink. So she's walking, she's going there, she's having to get the water, she's going to have to carry it back. And Jesus now is wanting to identify something in her, a need that she has. This morning, there'll be people here with needs. This morning, maybe you came and you, you don't know anything about Jesus, you, don't, you know about the church a little bit, you've, maybe you've come and... And you're like, I know there's something missing in my life. I, I need something. It, it seems like every single day I'm thirsty. I'm looking for something, but not physically. Spiritually, there's a dryness in your soul. And, and, you, and you're going, yeah, I need something to drink. Well, Jesus was trying to speak this to her. And he had to unravel it and, and get through what she had as excuses in her life as why she didn't need Jesus almost. But she did. Jesus said, I've got something that you need. The physical need is water, but there's something deeper, and I'm about to unravel that for you because Jesus is an amazing, amazing communicator. He speaks to our heart. But the truth is this, that God knows our needs and he wants to respond to them no matter whatever they are. There's people here today that have a need that, that they're just waiting and they're not knowing how it can be filled, but Jesus is the answer. He is the one who can restore everything. And so she begins to ask questions about it. You know, what is it? Give it to me. Give me this water. I don't want to keep coming here. And isn't that a question that most of us have? There's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more. This life is just not satisfying. Everyone wants more, don't they? Do you want more? Oh, I want more. I want more than what I have at times, but as I've learned to know Christ, I grow more and more content in what I have, and I know that he will meet every single need that I have. But that's a question she asks. Give it to me. I don't want to keep coming back. And inside each one of us, before we were saved, there was that same thing inside of us. There's this something that's quite empty. Even when you've got everything in life, somehow there's this deeper need, not a physical need, but a spiritual need, that I'm hungering and I'm thirsting and I'm struggling. And, and, and we think things like this, well, maybe if I just change my schedule, maybe if I just get a bit more time, 
Maybe I can make a change. And we can make those changes, and they're good. But that's not going to change what's inside our heart, the absolute hunger for Jesus Christ. Nothing is going to change that. And honestly, we need to be free of some things in our life if we want this to happen. It's really interesting what Jesus did here. He started to address the areas of her need. We see a woman who's had five husbands. The one she's with now is not her husband anymore, but there's probably a lot of stigma around her at the time, I'd imagine. I can imagine that the village would be like, she'd be the talking point of the town, right? She's been divorced five times. She's living with a bloke. That's not how we do things. There's something in her heart that obviously missed out on the relationship that she wanted to have. Jesus didn't gloss over it. He brought it up. He brought up the fact that there's something missing when he asked her that question. In fact, the very thing he did was really point out that, basically he pointed out the sin in her life, didn't he? He said, look, by asking that question, she's responded, and she responded truly. She said, yeah, that's actually right. You're right, Jesus. That is in my life. But it really shut her down. Before that point, she was sort of waiting and, and seeking and looking. She's going to Jesus, so I want, give me that living water. But, but the moment that Jesus pointed out something in her life that needed changing, she started to divert. She started to, to, to change things because she was... She didn't really understand that Jesus never points out sin so that we can be condemned. In fact, he points out our sin so that we can be saved from it. The, the very fact, in, actually, in John chapter 3, the, the chapter before is one of the most famous verses that, that has ever been written is, For God so loved the world, he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should have eternal life. But then the verse after that says, For Jesus did not come to this world to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. You see, when God points out things in our life that, that need changing, that aren't right, it's never to condemn us. It's to show us the truth that that is a problem and you need a change. But how do we respond? And there's two ways I want to look at this this morning with this woman, how she responded to that, that sort of interrogation or questioning of, of who she was. So here we are, this, this talk with Jesus, living water, so excited, the changes this could bring. Jesus, if I never could have that living water, I'll never have to come back to this well. And it's the same with us. We hear the message of the good news of the gospel that Jesus died for your sins so you could be saved. And yet at the same time, this takes us recognising that where we are right now is not an acceptable way of living because sin has control of our life. And now we are put in a moment of decision in life. What are we going to do? This is what she did. She started to divert. She diverted from the sin. 
And she goes, oh, well, how can I, how can I do this? Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to divert in the way of worship. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to go away from... This is a sensitive area. This is a sensitive area for me. And it might be even those who are Christians at sensitive areas where, where you know that God is pointing out something in your life that you need to change. It's a sensitive area. So what do we do? Let me divert. Instead of talking about what I need to do to be saved, to be free from sin, I'm going to point out where do we worship? Where do we worship and how do we worship? Let me talk religion to you. Let me make this about religion. Well, Jesus, we worship here, you worship there. Who's right? Let's, let's just talk about this instead. Let's, let's go away from the issues of the heart that I need you and I need the living water. I need to be saved. Let me, let me divert from that. And, and we could do that here in this world today. Yeah, but what about, you know, Buddhism? They say this and, you know, these people say that. And, you know, we, we've got all these different opinions floating around. Let's talk religion. Let's not talk truth. Let's not address the issue in our life. Let's, let's divert it. Yeah, well, you know, maybe you're a Christian. You're at church. Yeah, well, you know, how often should we fast? Let's talk about that instead. Oh, let's talk about the end times then. Let's, let's go to the end times and, and what's happening in the end times. Let's, you know, let's look at creation and how it all happened. Now, all these things, great, wonderful to talk about. But how often do you meet people that, that you know God is speaking to them, to their heart, about things in their life, and the first thing they do is divert. Let's talk religion. <laughs> Let's talk about process. Let's talk about method. Let's not allow you to get to our heart. This morning you might be here, and, and, and you know you're looking for Jesus, but you're making these sort of excuses. Yeah, but, you know... But what about this and what about that? And, you know, I, I met this Christian and, do you know, I thought Christians were meant to never lie. Well, this Christian lied to me and so they're wrong and therefore I'm not going to believe in God. Really? So you're going to give up your eternal salvation because someone else was disobedient to God, far more disobedient than you are right now where you have never submitted your life to him but you're going to use these things as an excuse let me divert let me divert i'm going to divert to religion that's that's the important thing that's the first thing she did she diverted why because when we get we become aware of sin in our life what do we feel I don't know about you, but I generally feel guilt, right? When there's things that are pointed out in my life, I feel guilt. Now, my natural reaction is not to go, thank you for pointing that out. I'm so glad that you just showed me where I'm going wrong. What's my natural reaction? Well, I'm going to attack you. I'm going to argue with you. We attack and we argue, we... We do that, and and you know what? When things in our life are shown, it's a lot more comfortable to discuss religion than face the sin in my life. And that can happen whether or not you are a Christian. But if you're not a Christian, this has to be something that you face. 
that there are things in your life that you know need to change, which is why you're here this morning, which is why there's something inside of you thirsting and saying, this is not enough. It's not enough. It's like this. When you start to divert to those things, it's like, oh man, I'm so thirsty. Wow, I'm so thirsty. What should I do? <laughs> you know what we should do? I'm thirsty. Perhaps we could discuss the theology of water. <laughs> let's do that. This, this will fill my thirst. Let's start to discuss it. You know, let's discuss you know, the philosophy of water, where it comes from, where it's going, who created it, what... You know, what is all this water about? At the same time, continuing to thirst when all we need to do is take a drink. Just give me a cup of water. I don't care where it came from. Uh, I guess unless it's got poison in it, but I really don't care. I'm thirsty. Let me drink. How often do we not drink what the Holy Spirit has for us because we're so busy discussing the whys and the wheres and the hows and the whos and, and, and God saying... Why don't you just ask for forgiveness? No, I need to study through the Old Testament and find out how they got forgiveness back then and then translate it to this, that and the other. No, let me tell you this, that anyone who comes to God, confesses their sin to God, it says, they'll be saved. And some of the things that we study are awesome, they're great, they're really interesting, and we need to grow in knowledge and understanding. But let's not let that get in the way of receiving something from God and just trust his word and believe it. And at the end, truth is the point. Salvation comes from Jesus. Let's get back to Jesus. Truth is the point. Salvation is from Jesus. And you'll notice as, as this woman spoke with Jesus over time, she spoke a lot, but when it came to her sin or her need being pointed out, actually, in her life, she had very few words. Because when he said, you had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. She said in the version that I read, you certainly spoke the truth, but in the literal version, it's three, three words. This is true, basically. This is true. And what we find is that when we actually hear God, we stop giving the excuses. We stop making the excuses as to why or, or trying to deflect. And this is the responses that we can have. Number one, we can, divide, we can divide things. And let's go, let's talk later. Let's put it off. 
And definitely, delay is a great diversion, isn't it? It's a great way to get away from, from what we've heard and, and, you know, we can make those excuses in our life right now. If you're here today and you haven't been saved, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, today you're hearing this word that you need Jesus and inside you're like, yeah, I know that's true, but, but maybe what if I just put it off? What if I put it off and, and there's time tomorrow? Tomorrow I will give Jesus a chance. That's a seriously bad tactic. Especially when you know that it's true, and, and again, going back, it's the truth that matters. Today is the day of salvation for everyone. For those of us who are Christians and we've been struggling with something in our life where we know that we are acting outside of godliness, how often do we delay that? Well, I'll just delay that until I do a bit more study on it. I'll delay that until I pray about it a bit more. But we know that the Holy Spirit is convicting us of something in our heart. Why are you putting it off? Why are you putting off change? Why are you putting off repenting from what you've been doing and turning around and doing the right thing? Stop delaying. So the two responses that we often give to the truth that comes to us, one, is to attack and argue. Number two, let's just talk about it later. This is too hard for today. See, the truth about the good news is this. So we often talk about, as Christians, the gospel. The gospel is the good news. The good news, what is the good news? What's the good news for you today? Is the good news today that, that God sees that you've got a need for peace in your life, like, you know, Kathleen's talking about that and Ron with peace? Is the good news that Jesus gave you peace? Do you need healing? Is the good news that by Jesus' stripes you're healed? That you need salvation? The good news to you is this, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin so that anyone who believes in him will be saved, will have eternal life. Anyone! That's the good news for you. The good news is that sin is defeated in your life. The good news is that sin doesn't have any power over you any longer. The good news is that whatever your deepest need is, that God wants to meet it. That is the good news that is coming from heaven for you. You know, when Jesus appeared and, and the angels were singing, when he was born in the, in the manger and, and they're saying, and peace, to his people on earth. This is a glorious day. The day of salvation started when Jesus was born, but it was concluded when Jesus died on the cross and then rose again from the grave so that all of us could be free. That is the good news. You don't have to live with your selfishness anymore. God can change your heart. You don't have to live with your disappointment anymore because you're not defined by your disappointment. You are defined by what God thinks of you. And he thinks you are amazing. He thinks you're wonderful. He thinks that you are worth something because he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you on the cross. That's how much it meant to him to have you as part of his family, that he would not even spare his only son, but willingly gave him up as a sacrifice for our sin. That is amazing, isn't it? The good news is that Jesus Christ came and died for your sin. And today, I want to offer that to you. If you have never, ever given your life to God, never accepted the forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ, I'm just going to pray in a minute. 
I'm going to ask you to just pray with me and invite Christ into your life. You see, while we sometimes as Christians forget, we, we, we come to this place of like, oh, we just have to worship God no matter what. I've got these needs, but no matter what, I'm going to worship God. The truth is that he wants to meet that need. Don't ever, don't ever let go of that truth. Because what you will do is not understand that God is there to meet every need that you have. to take care of you, to love you, to give you wisdom when you need it, to give you health when you need it, to give you life when you need it, to give you strength when you need it. The deepest need inside of you, if you're lonely, God wants to fill that need as well. He can fill some of that, but he will fill the need with friends if you open up and let him do that. But for those of us here this morning that have never received Jesus, your first need is this, that your sin be forgiven, that your relationship with God could be restored. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that. So if we could all just uh, stand, that would be great. If you just all stand up and we're just going to pray. We just have the music team come up. If that's you this morning, if you're at this point in life where you're like, I am so thirsty this morning, let Jesus be your living water. Make a decision today that I'm going to follow Christ. And we're going to pray together and you can ask for forgiveness of your sin. You can you confess with your mouth that he's Lord and his Holy Spirit will come into your life to change things forever. So if that's you this morning, you just pray with me if we just bow our heads and we'll, we'll pray. You don't have to pray out loud or anything like that. You can pray in yourself, you can pray out loud, but just pray with me. Father God, I'm so sorry for my sin. I realise this morning that I am thirsty and I am sick of it. I don't want to ever thirst again. I want the eternal life that you give. So this morning I ask, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my sin so that I can have a restored relationship with you and receive the peace from God. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that he rose again for my sin come in from this day on I want to live for you in Jesus name Amen now if you've prayed that prayer this morning I'd just love to see you afterwards I'll be up the front and you can come and chat but perhaps you're a Christian here this morning and as I've been speaking you know that you felt guilt about something in your life and you're ready to divert Let's talk religion. You're ready to put it off until the other person changes. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to pray over all of us for that as well, that you make a decision today to give in to him and give it over to him. If that's you, just pray with me now. Father, I, I just pray that you'll forgive me of my sin. I'm so sorry that I've been rebellious, I've been not listening to you, I've been diverting away from you. I've been running, I've been putting things off. This morning, I just want to ask for your forgiveness. Lord, I want to live for you. Transform me 
into that person that I know I should be. Strengthen me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to make that change in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Now, if you want prayer for anything else, um, we always open the front up for prayer at our church. Um, and any of the elders or prayer team can come up and pray with you um, and believe God. Maybe, maybe you do know you need something extra. You just want to touch on the Holy Spirit today. You've just been feeling down and out and you want to be not down and out. <laughs> you want to be up and in. Um, we'd love to pray for you and um, just pray the Holy Spirit just touch you this morning and, and just fill you with his love and joy that would be great um, yeah anything anything at all family just pray for your kids if they're unsaved come up the front we'll pray for your kids we'll pray together we'll believe together we'll continue and never give up in prayer never give up because God is faithful he is faithful